This is Frida Ibarra, here with you inside the Infinite Kaleidoscope. In times of pain, when the future is too terrifying to contemplate and the past is too painful to remember, I have learned to pay attention to right now. The precise moment I was in was always the only safe space for me. Creativity occurs in the moment, and in the moment we are timeless. Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way. Welcome to the Infinite Kaleidoscope, a space where we talk to creatives about being creative. I'm your host, Kristen Kofer. My name is Frida Ibarra. I'm a composer, musician, and DJ currently based in the Bay Area. I identify as a trans Chicana, first generation, parents born in Mexico. I am a Scorpio sun, Pisces rising, and Capricorn moon. What's special about this year is that it's my 25th anniversary of being a musician. So I was just thinking about this path. And in fifth grade, my mom basically forced me to join this after school guitar class. And I didn't want to do it. Like, I don't know. I was just a seven year old little kid. I just wanted to go home, eat food and watch like Rugrats or something. I I guess my mom, like, wanted me to find some sort of purpose at an early age, which I do appreciate, since I was the youngest of three older sisters. I was in this guitar class, and I hated it. I hated the instructor. I hated that I had to be there. But I just kept on going. And then eventually, I just started loving the guitar. Thank you, mom. I know she's going to hear this. So guitar, yeah, was my first instrument, and I still play. And then I was in high school band. That was a whole thing. We could have a whole episode on high school band. (laughs) My primary instrument in high school was the tenor sax, and I did play a little bit of guitar in, like, jazz band. And now it's a mix between guitar, saxophone, and piano. I learned so much in band, like being in community and being in community through music, which I think it's a special form of communication. It's a special language that I think anyone could learn how to speak music. (laughs) It sounds so funny when I say that, but I think when people know how to be in community through music, it's so powerful because it is another language and it is another way of being together, holding collective space. And even if you're just playing music by yourself it's like speaking a whole nother language to yourself so that's the deep scorpio part that i'm giving in this interview so our deep scorpio finds herself immersed in high school marching band her first sense of a community frida thrives in band and her senior year becomes the band's drum major for any of you non-marching band folks it's a big deal to be the drum major You have to audition and basically lead the entire band. I wanted to know if during this time, Frida was also composing some of her own musical compositions. I was doodling, playing around, messing around. I definitely had my guitar. And it wasn't until college when I started to get a little more serious about writing music and composing. Definitely had the, like, 
indie band phase with my friends mm-hmm. where we only had one gig at our drummer's girlfriend's birthday party. <laughs> but it was so much fun to be in community again. Were you playing guitar? I was playing guitar. And I was uh, singing a little bit. <laughs> That's really cool. Did you go to college for music? So, no. Unfortunately, I did not. And funny enough, I'm currently in the phase of applying to go to grad school for a master's in music and commercial music in LA. (laughs) Just dropping that there. Yeah. So it's been a process for me in the past 10 years to revisit the idea of going to school for music. And I'm finally at a place where I'm willing to pursue it. So yeah, I guess that was a bit of a fast forward to now. Frida told me that when she was applying for colleges, she had really wanted to study music. She even had three different auditions at prestigious music schools. For whatever reason, Frida didn't get into any of the schools. Throughout these past years, Frida has taught herself how to compose music, and she's a really good DJ, and was even voted best DJ in the San Francisco Bay Area the last two years. So the cool thing about me and DJing is being a musician, I already had an ear for beat matching and like setting the tone in the environment, which is the club. And in addition to that, I have two older sisters who were DJs in like the late 90s and early 2000s who like spun vinyl. So I had a huge amount of inspiration from them. And I remember being like five or six and my oldest sister, Jeanette, was showing me how to spin on vinyl. Tell me about the music on your SoundCloud page. I think a lot what I have on my SoundCloud is like MIDI based, mixed with a lot of guitar stuff. And there is some vocal stuff in there too. I don't have much saxophone stuff, but Mm -hmm. MIDI based using like Ableton and Logic Pro. And you just taught yourself how to do all of this? Yeah. A lot of the music production and technical stuff, pretty much self-taught. I think I owe it to those years of being in band for having the music technicality part and the music theory and performance theory and all that stuff, you know? That was your foundation. Definitely. Recently, when I'm trying to ground myself and have moments of gratitude is that I have to remind myself is the skills that I do possess. And fuck this imposter syndrome shit. (laughs) That reminds me of the beautiful quote that you read Yeah, I feel like the past 10 years or so in this journey, I've definitely felt this creative block and I feel there's this breakthrough happening. And so while experiencing that, I like to do my research and see what the cool (laughs) self-help books are. I came across The Artist's Way and I'm generally into self-help books. I'm a self-help junkie. I'm not going to lie. Brene Brown, what's up? The Artist's Way, I I think it's like the intersection of self-help and creativity and not just creativity but like artists being an artist the particular quote that I shared it's really helpful in my current situation where I have so much anxiety about the future and this impending move to LA where there's just so much to figure out where am I gonna live you know and having to drive again after 10 years and being in grad school and just how intense grad school is when I was searching for that quote I knew that was the right one because it was so relevant to what I'm dealing with right now. And then especially the piece about the past. I think I'm still in the process of overcoming what I call academic trauma.
So if you could have your complete dream, what would happen? I love this question. I think this question is overwhelming and I love it at the same time. So my goal is to become a commercial music composer, a, a composer for TV, film, and video games. My dream is really just to do that for a living, to hear my creations on a big screen and to hear my creations paired with beautiful storytelling and beautiful cinematography. For me, the melding of beautiful audio and beautiful visuals is like ecstasy. It's just one of those things that makes me so happy. You are well on your way to have all of these things, Frida. What are some of your favorite film soundtracks? Let's see. I think as a film, I immediately go to The Social Network (laughs) because I love Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. The story, Mark Zuckerberg, whatever. But Mm -hmm. I think the cinematography is beautiful and the score that Trent and Atticus Ross create under it is so amazing. I love Lord of the Rings. Howard Shore's score makes me cry every time. And then I think there are some other like great films. Another one that's popping up for me is Virgin Suicides and the score that Air did. There's a whole list. I could go on forever. Is your family supportive of you going on the artist's path? Yes, absolutely. I think throughout time, they really seen that this is what I want to do. And they saw me in high school and how impassioned I was playing music and how involved I was. There, there was a little while where like I had this notion of stability that was being instilled in me by my family. And there was a period where I was working with social workers and doing community health outreach with the school district, a nonprofit working with LGBTQ youth. So when the transition happened to working on Zoom, I, I was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. It was just so stressful. And in July 2020, that's when I made the decision to quit my nonprofit job and become a full-time musician in a pandemic. (laughs) And here I am today. Here you are, Frida Ibarra, making your dream a reality. What types of projects have you been working on? I started getting booked as a DJ, so doing lots of in-person gigs, which was a little stressful, but it felt much needed. And then on top of doing DJ gigs, I started doing some more commission work and writing for other friends who are making films and telling stories about underserved communities, LGBTQ, queer and trans stories, stories about folks of color and first-generation immigrant folks. And I think it's really fulfilling to collaborate with those stories and write music for those stories. Were you doing session work as a musician too? Yes. So I was contacted by my friend Star Marasu, as you know, to play for her gig. But session work, it's not something I do too much of. It's not like I'm actively looking for it, but if I'm asked to do it, I'm like totally down to do it. And I was so excited that Star asked me because it was the first time I played saxophone publicly for over 10 years probably and it was actually the first time I played guitar in public and like I said at the beginning I started playing guitar when I was 7, <laughs> 25 yeah. years ago. So it was a 25 year debut waiting to happen. <laughs> it's amazing. You're a musician. I am. It's just 
part of who you are. And I think you can't make that go away. No, never. How can folks find you on the internet, Frida? Yeah. So my main way of showing my work right now is through Instagram at Frida Feels, F-R-I-D-A-F-E-E-L-S. I feel because I'm a double water sign, duh. At the end of 2021, Frida posted a growth and learnings wrapped list that I really enjoyed reading. I think any of us listening here are probably folks who enjoy working on our personal growth. So I asked Frida to read each of her eight points and talk about them. The link is also in the show notes if you want to follow along with us. You saw that. Yes. Yes. Number one. Living alone can be a lot, but also the space you need to grow even more in your 30s. Totally. Living alone. Wow. So I was living with my sister in San Francisco. And we had been living together for eight years and it was time to move out and have my own space and take care of myself. And here I am almost a year later and I've learned a lot. I'm sure. (laughs) Especially during this time. Especially during this time. Number two. Harm reduction really works. Harm reduction. I was drinking a lot during the beginning of the pandemic and I think it was around the time when I moved here when I was like, okay. Let's buckle down doing some harm reduction. So I don't drink on the weekdays. I only drink on the weekends. And that seems to work. There are certain exceptions. That's the point of harm reduction, right? It's not that it has to be super rigid. That's how I look at it too. Just trying to find balance. Right, the balance. Number Number three. three. Being a full-time artist is hard as fuck, but it's part of your narrative of personal growth if you'll let it be. Being a full-time artist is hard, but it's part of my story and my journey of personal growth, and I'm letting it be part of my story. Number four. Create art, not content. So I actually stole that from a podcast title, but whatever. It says a lot. I don't want to shame the culture around TikTok and the Instagram reels and stuff. Yeah. I think it's so saturated, though, and I just want to be someone who ensures that art is still being made and not quit content you know i think you really have to think about it because in the last 10 plus years we've been so wrapped up in social media yeah i thought i'd never be the person to have breaks from social media but i did this year and it feels great so healthy number five there's more to listening to your body than basic needs and nourishment And the process of maintaining a relationship between mind and body is worth investing in. I think just like dealing with anxiety, for me, it's just like an ongoing process of finding the root and causes of my anxiety. So one of the things that I think I might be talking about here is um, actually materially investing in like little massage wellness toys. (laughs) Because it's just a way to regulate my nervous system and to release tension. For me, that's like the huge thing of managing anxiety is having moments of catharsis and taking care of my body, really. Number six. We can actually unlearn unhealthy relationship habits that stem from codependency and insecure attachment in order to have fruitful and balanced relationships of all types. The theme of that was just like going through unhealthy relationships and toxic relationships and I think unlearning codependency and managing like insecure attachment was another huge theme within all that. I think it's not only like 
romantic relationships, but relationships of all types. And I think being in my early 30s, it, you know, it's about time to learn what healthy relationships look like. I think the first step is what you're already doing, that you're acknowledging that you have those unhealthy habits. And it's just so great that you want to make a change. Absolutely. The small steps. And I think another thing tied to my career as an artist is I've had to really put myself first. Being in a relationship with myself as an artist has been my true love at the moment. So when it comes to like codependency and insecure attachment, like that's stuff that I don't want to get in the way to pursuing my passion and my goals of becoming a full-time composer and musician. Number seven. We deserve communities that invest time and resources in us and value our worth as sacred trans beings. So I think at the time I wrote this, I was realizing that I need to get paid what I'm worth. I I think promoters and clubs can do a better job of paying folks what they're worth and what they're valued at. And as artists, we all know the, the challenge that comes about wanting to get booked, but not wanting to seem too expensive. And you know what? I got to give myself credit. I did ask folks like, hey, like that doesn't work for me. How about this? Number eight. The Beatles are still geniuses. Sorry about it. Angel face emoji. So I listed that one because the Beatles do get a lot of slack and I understand why they do. There's a lot of accusations of cultural appropriation, which is not false. But for me, I think just because how nostalgic the Beatles are and... The fact that they're just genius songwriters, it means a lot to me because I think another piece of me composing and writing music is also songwriting. And I love pop music, not gonna lie. And good music is good music. But I I think also like within all that and the criticism that the Beatles face, you could hold them accountable while also liking their music. That's cool. (laughs) Honestly, that seems like a good lesson for everything. Totally. I think those two complexities and acknowledging that things are complex and holding two things at once. I think for me, it's a lens that I hold and it's the way I look at the world and the way I look at my community also, because I think obviously stuff like this happens within our communities. And I think people do deserve a chance to do better. People do deserve a chance to do better. Thank you, Frida. I think as a society, we need to continue to talk with each other about things and in a way that doesn't make people feel bad. Frida, do you have any final advice for others just trying to feel and make it in this world? The thing that comes to mind is the piece of advice that I recently have come to learn and accept. And that advice is that it's okay to ask for help. I think I knew that as a person, maybe, I don't know. But as an artist, and because that's my identity, like I think it's just something I've had to learn. And I think especially through this transition phase I'm going through, I'm going to need to start asking folks for help and that's okay. So I think whatever point you are in your artistry, if you're starting out, especially if you are starting out, yeah, ask for help. And even if you're not starting out and if you're established, it's still okay to ask for help, whether it's anything from, you know, needing some sort of platform for your art, or if you're having challenges with your work it's okay to ask for help beautiful yeah thank you for talking to me of course thank you for having me remember listener it's okay to ask for help please support frida on her artist journey her instagram and soundcloud are linked in the notes 
And as always, thank you for joining me again today inside another Infinite Kaleidoscope. I'm a one-woman production, and I'm finding so much joy having these conversations and putting these shows together. The theme music is by Chelsea Wolfe and Ben Chisholm. The cover art is by Sandy Santa Maria. Other music composed by Frida Ibarra. If you feel like it, please rate the show from wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you, Frida. Thank you, listener. And I will see you here next week with another creative and their journey. I think when people know how to be in community through music, it's so powerful because it, it is another language and it is another way of being together, holding collective space. And one last thing. Why do you feel, Frida? I feel because I'm a double water sign, duh. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.